0: No Doubter Nation, good afternoon. It is Monday, May 30th, 2022, Memorial Day of this Memorial Day weekend, uh, a day of which we uh, we give thanks and gratitude and remembrance of our nation's military and those who have uh, given the ultimate sacrifice throughout our country's history uh, to keep us safe from enemies, domestic and abroad. We cannot thank you all enough, and it's the reason why we're able to do uh, what we do here at No Doubter um, and uh, I am your co-host, Travis T-Bone I'm going to be flying solo today on this college baseball recap as my co-host uh, Barrett Boombastic is taking some much-needed time away uh, to spend with the family this weekend. So uh, you've got me today. And uh, looking forward to talking some college baseball and the uh, most beautiful time of year that I love here in this great sport, which is the postseason and now the uh, the Road to Omaha officially Really getting underway and beginning here with uh, with regionals where where it matters the most. So yes, uh, as of this morning, uh, the field of sixty four was released. The sixty four Division one college baseball teams across the U S. that have uh, have punched their ticket into the twenty twenty two NCAA tournament and have earned uh, earned a regional spot. Uh, that will begin uh, will begin this weekend, as this Friday, the, uh, the regionals will begin. Um, so we're going to talk about those teams uh, here, preview them, that uh, kind of some of the notable highlights. They're going to be involved, taking a look across the bracket as a whole, taking a look at the uh, uh, the teams that uh, earn automatic bids into the tournament here uh, through their uh, through winning their conference tournament. And then talk about some notable, uh, (laughs) just kind of some controversy around uh, around teams that that got in that were uh, were very much borderline teams, and some notable teams that were left out of uh, of this tournament as well. Um, Here, just very interesting in that regard, and kind of some thoughts I have around you know what what we're seeing here, what ultimately kind of went down, some commonalities across the sport of college baseball this year. Uh, and how and, and whether the NCAA uh, committee is looking at the right things when it comes to getting the, uh, the best teams uh, possible into this tournament. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to jump here first taking a look at uh, who were the uh, who are the uh, the automatic bid winners here based on the uh, the conference tournaments play. So, uh, first out of the American athletic conference at East Carolina, they went on an absolute, uh, crazy, uh, run over the second half of the season. What looked like they would look like it was a season just dis- destined for disappointment and being dead in the water after huge expectations going to the beginning of the year and some notable series being dropped. Uh, they, uh, they went hot through the remainder of the regular season, uh, about halfway through, got into the conference tournament, went on a run, uh, and ended up, uh, Ended up taking home the uh, the AAC crown over Houston in that uh, in that tournament final. This will be their uh, this will be their thirty third appearance uh, in uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, their previous being uh, being last year. Binghamton, out of the America East Conference, this will be their sixth appearance in the NCAA tournament, uh, winning uh, winning their tournament. They last appeared uh, in 2016 in regionals. VCU out of the Atlantic Ten, this will be their 14th appearance. Their last was uh, was 2021. North Carolina is going to be having their 35th uh, appearance of uh, of all time. This will be uh, uh, out of the ACC. They uh, they won twenty. 20- they were in the tournament last year in 2021. Uh Kennesaw State of the Atlantic Sun. This would be the third ever appearance in the NCAA tournament. Uh they've had uh, they previously had one back in 2014. The Oklahoma Sooners out of the Big 12 won yesterday's matchup over the Texas Longhorns. This will be their 39th appearance here, their previous being in 2018. Uh Connecticut out of the Big East be their 24th appearance of all time. Last year We're also in the tournament, uh uh, they won the Big East crown this year in the Big East tournament. Campbell, out of the Big South, uh, took home that conference crown. This will be their seventh appearance. They were last in the tournament last year. Uh, Michigan, out of the Big Ten, be their 27th appearance of all time. Uh, they will be. Uh, they were also in the tournament last year. UC Santa Barbara in the tournament last year out of the Big West. This will be their 14th appearance uh, in the NCAA tournament. Hofstra, out of the Colonial. This will be their first ever uh, NCAA tournament appearance. Congrats to Hofstra. Uh, Louisiana Tech won the Conference USA Tournament crown, uh, and they are going to regionals for the 10th time in program history. They were last in the tournament back in 2021. Right State of the Horizon League, winning their tournament, is also another team previously appearing in regionals last year. Uh, Columbia, I love the Ivy League. Congrats to them. Uh, you know, The Ivy League making a return back to uh, collegiate sports competition this school year after taking last year off uh, due to the COVID pandemic. This will be their eighth appearance all time in regionals, their last appearance coming back in 2018. Central Michigan, the Mid-American Conference, 15. Uh, this will actually be their 16th uh, ever appearance in regionals. They were last uh, in the tournament last year as well. Uh, so yes, a little bit of Maction this year from, uh, from the, from their conference tournaments, to also getting them into, uh, uh in the regionals, Coppin state, uh, out of the mid athletic conference, congratulations to Coppin state, a historically black college. Uh, they are making their first ever NCAA tournament appearance, uh, Got to love it for the for the guys that are getting a taste of this for the first time in the program, getting to experience it for the first time in their program history. Uh, congrats to Coppin State, Missouri State. Of the Missouri Valley Conference, this would be the 13th ever appearance uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they were last in back in 2018. Air Force won the Mountain West crown this year. This would be their eighth appearance in the NCAA tournament and their first since 1969, more than 50 years. Since that last appearance for the Falcons, uh, one of our great military academies here in the United States. Uh, it, for those guys playing baseball, is the easiest thing that they do on a weekly basis. And uh, we, we send our congrats to them for getting in the tournament this year. Long Island University out of the Northeast Conference. This will be their third ever appearance in the NCAA tournament. Their last appearance coming back in 2018. Southeast Missouri State out of the Ohio Valley Conference. This will be... Uh, this would be their sixth all-time appearance uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they were also in last year as well. Stanford out of the Pac-12. I don't have the number down for how many appearances this is, appearances this is for them. I believe it's thirty something. Here, it's one of the uh, one, one of the top uh, in all of uh, in all of uh, college baseball. Uh, but the Cardinal are red hot right now. They took home that uh, that Pac-12 tournament final over the Oregon State Beavers last night. Army of the Patriot League. They are going to the NCAA tournament for the 11th time in program history. They were last in it, uh, last year, back in 2021, Tennessee out of the sec, uh, Easily the, uh, the hottest team in all of college baseball throughout the entire year. And that was no different going down to Hoover, Alabama and into the SEC tournament for them. They take home the uh, tournament final over Florida to get them into the NCAA tournament for the 13th time in program history. Uh, they'll, they'll be going back to the tournament once again, uh, hoping to get back to Omaha as well like they did in 2021. UNC Greensboro out of the Southern Conference. This will be their fifth NCAA tournament appearance uh, after winning the Southern title. That's going to be five appearances now in history for, uh, for the UNC Greensboro program. Congrats to them for their fifth return back to the field of 64. Southeast Louisiana Lions, they are uh, out of the Southland Conference. They won uh, their conference tournament, so that gets them into the NCAA tournament for the seventh time in program history, the first time in five years since they were last in the tournament back in 2017. Oral Roberts, one of the great uh, mid-major programs in all of college baseball out of the Summit League. This will be their 30th NCAA tournament appearance after winning that uh, conference tournament. Uh, they were last in the NCAA tournament back in 2018. Louisiana, out of the Sunbelt Conference, this will be their 17th appearance in the tournament all time. They were last in the tournament back in 2016. Congrats to them for their conference crown. Bid stealer they were. Alabama State, out of the SWAC. This would be their third appearance all time in the NCAA tournament. I've had two previously, last coming back in 2016. Mexico State of the Western Athletic Conference. This will be their sixth NCAA tournament appearance after their conference tournament victory. And uh, they were last in the tournament back in 2018. San Diego, the Toreros of the West Coast Conference. They are getting back to the NCAA tournament for the first time in nine years after winning their conference tournament. And it will be their 11th appearance in program history. So yeah, all of these teams that ultimately were uh, were essentially bid-stealers uh, here um, here for uh for the tournament this year, uh. North Carolina, in a sense, is maybe you could consider them a de facto bid stealer. In a sense, um, but we'll talk more about that in a second. A very interesting situation regarding the team that they defeated in the ACC tournament final. Michigan out of the big 10, they were the number five seed in the, uh, the big 10 tournament, ultimately defeating Rutgers, uh, in the, uh, in the tournament final to also be a de facto bit, bid stealer there. Um, so Wolverine's kind of playing a bit of a spoiler alert, uh, spoiler in that sense. Yeah, those were, uh, Louisiana out of the Sun Belt, getting that. There, there were several here, definitely, um, that were bid stealers. All things considered, um, and then we're going to take a look then at the uh, at the field of 64 here. I'll go ahead and share my screen for anybody that tunes into our live stream here to uh, take a look at uh, at the field of 64 here. Using the resource of our friends at D1 Baseball, they don't sponsor us, but we always give them a shout out because they uh, they provide easily the best college baseball coverage there, and we should uh, we, we we just want to give them a uh, props for that because of how much they help us cover it. So yeah, Tennessee, the Volunteers, to pretty much no one's surprise, who's been following uh, this team overall uh, for the year, fifty three and seven on the season, uh, one of just the all time great. Uh, great performances in uh, in college baseball on the regular season. They get the number one overall national seed. Uh, we're taking a look here uh, across, uh, you know, from top to bottom here, seeds one through sixteen, and then going to be looking across who uh, who matches up on the other side of the bracket with them. Uh, so first off, with Tennessee, uh, and once again with these with these national seeds here, one through eight of national seed. If these, uh, if these teams win their regional, that puts them into being an automatic host for the super regionals uh, should they move on to that point, uh, hosting then the winner of the regional on the other side of the bracket. So Tennessee, number one team overall. you are going to have Alabama State on the other side there. Georgia Tech and Campbell, then the uh, two and three seeds. Uh, regionals are always double elimination. So you've got... Uh, uh, so you you want to win your first game get into the winner's bracket uh otherwise then you're going to be in the uh the, the loser's brackets and then to ultimately take home the uh the regional crown and win that regional you have to then beat to uh, win twice there at the end to, uh to do that so uh tennessee and any other team hosting a regional is going to want to stay basically just want to go and get a uh a clean sweep and keep winning uh, without any losses uh, to give themselves the best chance ultimately to win their regional. You know, I, I love, I just love Tennessee. They're going to be a home at Lindsey Nelson stadium there in Knoxville. The place is an offensive park. Now, you know, Georgia, uh, that's, I could see this being a Georgia tech and Tennessee final. Um, though I think Tennessee definitely has the upper hand just in terms of the, the, the pitching that they've got, um, you look at uh, you look at guys like uh, like Chase Dollander, Chase Burns, Drew Beam. Um, what these guys do in terms of uh, the strong starting performances that they've had all year and the wins they've credited to them, uh, all these guys keeping under under a three ERA on the year. They're strikeout machines as well, uh, especially guys like Dollander and Burns. Uh, I think. Uh, Oregon, uh, not Oregon State. Georgia Tech has just really struggled um, in terms of their uh, that their pitching throughout the year. They've really, um, it's kind of, it's unfortunately been for the case throughout this program's history. Has really had to kind of bat their way of success. Um, and that's you can do a lot of that with the postseason, but it makes it harder to advance on there. So I think that's going to be the case here, uh, where Tennessee had definitely has the upper hand. I expect them to really cruise through this regional. albeit definitely getting a bit of a uh, a challenge um, through from Georgia Tech. Uh Georgia, on the other side of the bracket there, Georgia Southern, uh in the Statesboro regional, hoping to ultimately get that spot. They're gonna have uh four seeded UNC Greensboro on that side of the bracket that they'll be facing up against, and then two C in Notre Dame and three C in Texas Tech. Uh so my red Raiders, Baron Eyes Red Raiders, uh, are head on the road to Statesboro this year uh for regionals. Give me Give me Texas Tech is an upset here uh, in this, and you know it's going to sound kind of homerish, but I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna put it out there because I think that Tech definitely has a, uh, a fair shot at uh, fair shot in this regional here. I think it's going to be an offensive friendly regional. I think you're going to get the uh, the best one two three performance out of Andrew Morris, Brandon Birdsell, and Chase Hampton that you've seen the entire year. Uh, I think you know there's going to be really good both, uh, both power and situational batting that I think this park uh, there at Statesboro uh, that Georgia Southern has is going to lend well to Texas Tech being in that regional. Uh, I think you can see J.C. Young and the supporting cast of guys like Kurt Wilson, Parker Kelly, Stillwell, Easton Morrell, all those guys just having really strong performances uh, out there. I think you're going to see top-tier defense and fielding from them as well. Give me Texas Tech. Uh, I'll be, you know, they're going to get that challenge from Notre Dame as well. Uh, Notre Dame just being a two seed is very surprising. Um, they ultimately did not get a regional host up there in South Bend, uh, and they've got some guys as well uh, that that can really uh, really do some damage, like Tony, uh, like Brady Gump, uh, Nick DeMarco, uh, David LaManna, uh All guys have really solid batting averages. Brooks Catsey the third, 11 home runs in the year. Jack Zyska, 10 home runs as well. know they've got some guys on the mound there. John Michael Bertrand, uh, 239 ERA on the year. Austin Temple with 319 ERA. Bertrand has 94 strikeouts. Temple has 78 strikeouts. So, really good uh, really good stuff to see out of Notre Dame there. Just, unfortunately, they didn't get that... Uh, Regional hosting spot, which is probably pretty questionable. So I think they're gonna they're gonna play Tech well, but I think Tech's gonna come out with the chip on their shoulder. Uh, and yeah, I'm gonna pick Texas Tech to come out of the regional and then ultimately go on the road to uh, to Tennessee to play in the supers. Moving on down here to to the Stanford regional out in Palo Alto. Uh, Stanford gonna be the one seed in that regional, going up against uh, Binghamton number four at first. Texas State and UC Santa Barbara on the other side of the bracket. This is where my first uh, my first upset alert uh, I have uh, I have coming here um, in terms of uh, in terms of how regionals are going to work out here. I've got the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Uh, I don't have the coming through and winning this regional um, here. I don't have the uh, I don't have. The data to really give a great explanation but it feels like every year in college baseball there's one of these smaller mid-major west coast schools that just does really well and has been grinding kind of below the radar all season long and then comes out and uh plays plays their best ball all year and uh and and makes a really good run in the postseason i have uc santa barbara's being that team so give them Give them to me over Stanford, albeit uh, you know, it's gonna be a tough challenge. Stanford has been playing their best baseball uh all year, both in terms of uh, power at the plate and then excellent pitching as well to back it up. But uh, I have UC Santa Barbara, the Gouchos going there into the farm and getting that upset victory. On the other side of the bracket, the Maryland regional college park. Uh give me Maryland to get out of that regional. Uh and when it's there, their uh, their first ever regional that they're hosting. Um and I uh I yeah like them to uh, to ultimately match up then with UC Santa Barbara and the supers, uh, but I'll give more of uh, more of my predictions around what I see coming from there later on when I get to my uh, my Omaha eight field that I'll talk about at the end here, Corvallis regional. Um, I don't see anybody beating Oregon State here um, uh, when it when it comes to it. Um, Oregon State, this team ultimately uh, just stacked across the board, and they, they haven't gotten like I feel like the in the wake of teams like Tennessee and and Stanford, uh, they haven't gotten the attention I think they deserve, but they certainly deserve the attention uh, that they do. Uh, guys like Justin Boyd, Jacob Melton, Wade Meckler, Mason Guerra uh all uh batting 373 366 354 and 349 respectively melton has 15 home runs on the year boyd seven uh gary forrester seven home runs uh these guys can steal bases quite a bit as well uh boyd is 23 on the year melton 19 wade meckler is 11 stolen bases uh they play with power they put the ball in motion uh like west coast teams also they can they can play small when necessary There, um pitching wise they certainly have the help that they need in that regard as well cooper jerpy 10 wins credit to him as a starter 233 era and 140 strikeouts in the year jacob mats 389 era and also 64 strikeouts as well ben fairer with 71 strikeouts jaron hunter with 37 uh this team just seems like they're playing all around great ball right now uh and i don't think anybody goes uh into uh into Corvallis in either uh, either regionals or supers and beats this team. Uh, so make that as what you will, but we'll talk about that uh, more once we get to uh, once we get to talking about my Omaha 8 predictions. Uh, in the other side of the bracket, the Auburn Tigers in the Auburn Regional uh, hosting this year. Uh, Auburn had a great season, but definitely is a little bit surprising to see them uh, hosting just based on how they finished out the regular season. Uh, I believe it was three straight series losses, and then ultimately were an early exit uh, out, of the NCAA, uh, out of the SEC tournament. Excuse me, being bounced by Kentucky. Um, so to see them hosting here, uh, you know, even squeaking in as a uh, as one of these uh, lower national seeds here, just very surprising. Uh, and they've got um, they've got a difficult bracket they're going to be going up against as well. So. Uh, you got Auburn, uh, yeah, starting out against Southeast Louisiana on that side of the bracket, one versus four. Then UCLA and Florida State's on the other side of the bracket. Give me UCLA in this one. Um, UCLA here, uh, you know, kind of a team that's had their ups and downs throughout the year, but I think they grind well and they uh, and, and they're a team to to watch out for. Uh, Michael Curiel, 3.26 batting average. Jake Palmer, 3.14 batting average. Kyle Caros of the Karras brothers. 310 batting average. Cody Schreier has nine home runs on the year. Karis five, uh, and then uh, Michael Curiel has five home runs in the year as well. Uh, stolen bases, um, you know, you look at kind of some of the top numbers here. It definitely looks like kind of like a West Coast team that likes to put uh, put the ball in bases in motion and runners in motion here, uh, and really play that that sort of situational ball. Kenny Oyama twenty stolen bases on the year. Schreier eleven. Uh, Pitching wise, you know, they can do they do a pretty decent job here. Uh, Max Radjic has eight wins on the year Brooks with uh, Jake Brooks with five uh, and then Kelly Austin with four wins Radic is a 308 ERA Brooks with a 396 ERA and Kelly Austin with the 433 ERA Uh, Radjic has 91 strikeouts credited to him Ethan Flanagan with 72 and Austin with with 67 Uh, you know this is a team I think they can they just grind out close games yeah they put put runners in motion Uh, they May have some ERA troubles, but uh, you know, you'd know you like to see those ERA numbers lower. But they also get a lot of strikeouts, too. Um, give me just comparative to Florida State and the Noles having more of just a very defensive heavy and pitching heavy type of team this year um, and not the historically – dominant florida state offense to go with it it's really been kind of in the inverse you usually think of florida state as a very offensive heavy uh college baseball program and then pitching it's kind of like whatever you get with that is uh it is a nice addition uh, but they've just been really stout on the mound with guys like parker messick um this year uh anchoring that bunch but i think ucla has more of the ability to grind out uh grind out a game uh and state florida stay off from them and i think you know putting ucla up against auburn i think there's just been a bit more consistency with ucla this year uh just overall comparative to auburn uh and how they ended the season so i like ucla as the upset pick um out of that to match up for a uh, for a pac-12 super regional with uh, with the beavers and the bruins once that comes around but we'll talk to that about that in a bit uh moving on next to the blacksburg regional with the number four overall national seed virginia tech Hokies they are going to be matching up against the four-seeded right state uh, on that side of the bracket in their regional. Gonzaga and Columbia on the other side. Uh, I've got another upset alert here in this uh, in this regional. I like Gonzaga to come out of here. Gonzaga's just been grinding all season. This one, of these mid-major programs. Uh, there, you got Dylan Johnson batting 365, Alec Gomez batting 333, Tyler Rando batting 330 uh Cade McGee has 9 home runs of the year, Rando was 7, and Xavier Pinales has 4 home runs for that team. Uh stolen bases, Pinales has been the uh stolen base king for this program with 16 on the year. Enzo Apudcata uh 9 stolen bases and then Tyler Rando with 5 as well. Uh pitching uh Gabriel Hughes. Has really, really done a great job for them all year. Has been the anchor for that team. 284 ERA with 131 strikeouts. On Wilds done a pretty good job, too, uh, with the with a 331 ERA and 76 strikeouts in the year. Tristan Breeling, 3, 4, 324 ERA. I'd like to see that be a bit lower, but he's also a strikeout machine uh, with 99 strikeouts on the year. Um, this Once again, this looks like another one of these West Coast teams uh, that can grind it out. Um, here once a regional comes around. Uh, I like Gonzaga um, to win win that regional going into Blacksburg. They're going to be traveling far. Virginia Tech has had an incredible season. Virginia Tech uh, definitely has power behind their bats. Uh, They have a great great pitcher in Drew Hackenberg as well. Um, But I think Gonzaga is once again can go in and just give them a little bit too much. Um, and especially for a program, you know, is is hosting such a high profile regional like this for the, uh, for the first time in a long time, I believe it's nine years last since uh, Virginia Tech hosted a regional back in 2013 under Pete Hughes final season. So um, yeah, give me the Bulldogs. Give me, give me the Zags of that one. Uh, and then on the other side there, you've got the Gainesville regional number 13, overall seed Florida Gators, Florida, Going up against Central Michigan on that side of the bracket, and then you've got Oklahoma and Liberty, the two and three seats going up against each other on the other side of the bracket. Oh man, that is that is just a difficult, brutal uh, matchup for for Florida to go up against a brutal regional overall for Florida and the Gators. Uh, Florida had great into the uh, into the regular season, heading into, uh, into into the SEC tournament down Hoover. Uh, you know, got to the got to the tournament final uh, against. The Tennessee Vols, uh, their SEC East rivals, um, but I like I like Oklahoma ultimately to get out of, um, get, out of this, uh, get out of this get out of this get of this regional and to win it. Um, yeah, Oklahoma just has studs all across the team, uh, offensively and uh, and defensively. You know they're, they're pitching. Pitching, maybe, is a little bit of a question for them. But uh, yeah, I think it's they've really definitely been driven kind of by offense this year. But I think Oklahoma is just playing at such a high level right now overall. Uh, Tanner Treadway batting 359. John Spikerman batting 351. Payne Graham, 339. Brett Squires, 324. Uh, Graham has 16 home runs on the year. Jackson Nicholas with nine home runs. Brett Squires and Tanner Treadway each with sixth. Graham is 30 stolen bases on the year. This is a team, yeah. They, they put a they they put a lot of guys in motion on a regular basis and steal a lot of bases. Payne Graham with 30 on the year. Tanner Treadaway with 23 stolen bases. Ken Pest the sophomore out of Chicago, uh, 21 stolen bases on the year. That guy is an, an absolute machine. It's like cute. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna probably steal in in the matter of an inning. Uh, you know, if he's on base, man's gonna go and steal second, and just a matter of seconds later, you better watch out because he's probably about to go steal third as well. Uh, he he loves to get in motion. He's fast. He's athletic. He's been a uh, been a great asset to that Sooner squad. Getting to see him in person now for a couple of years uh, against my Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, really great young player. Uh pitching wise, uh, you've got David Sandlin, and Jake Bennett with seven wins, credit to them each this year as starters. Uh 360 ERA for Jake Bennett. Uh Chaz Martinez, 477, David Sandlin with a 531 ERA. Yeah, they let a lot of guys on base, but they really do a good job of when guys are getting when, when the opposing team is getting on base, uh, they're really stout defensively, uh, reading things, activating the shift um, gear, and stopping runs for getting across. Jake Ben has 103 strikeouts in the year. Sandlin was 77. Trevin Michael was 76. Chaz Martinez was 64. Um, that's That's an Oklahoma squad that uh, that yeah, I just don't want to face up against. Uh, if I'm Florida there any of those other teams in that bracket. Um, but we shall see that's why we play the games here. Going down to the college station, regional Texas A&M number five, overall seed in the country facing up against Oral Roberts on their side of the bracket. And then the two and three seed, uh, respectively, uh, TCU horn frogs in the Louisiana Lafayette rage and Cajuns. Um, tell you what, I, I, it's a toss up for me. What, I, I'm fascinated here by the Schloss Bowl coming uh, coming to, coming to College Station. Uh, obviously, Jim Schlossnagle, the longtime TCU uh, head coach, the man who really built that program out there in Fort Worth, uh, after last offseason, making the move down to the Texas A&M Aggies. Um, that's a complete toss-up for me. I have no conviction quite yet either way uh, as to who uh, as to wh- I believe it's going to come down to A and M and TCU for uh, for that regional final. Who, ult- who ultimately wins it? Uh, I uh, I don't know. You know, TCU one of these controversial non-hosts uh, as a two seed this year won the Big Twelve regular season, uh, sixteen and eight overall in conference play. Uh, getting getting a uh, you know getting snubbed compared to uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the uh, the Texas Longhorns for hosting. Um, but but you know we should we'll we'll see here. Uh, Got once again toss up there on the Louisville side of the bracket um i like louisville the way that they're playing at this point in the year i think that they uh they win that uh win that one got chris singh uh with a 364 batting average for the cardinals uh jack with and 351 batting average isaac Humphrey with 335 dalton rushing is 21 home runs in the year ben metzinger with uh 17 cameron masterman with 14 uh levi usher with 33 stolen bases uh uh, Christian Knapsack with uh, 15 stolen bases. Metzinger with 10 stolen bases. And Isaac Humphrey with 10 stolen bases. Uh, pitching wise, you know, these guys do a pretty good job as well. Uh, take Kaner, six wins. Credit to him. Jared Poland, five wins. Ryan Hawks with five wins. Jared Poland has a 292 ERA. Kaner with a 377 ERA. Poland with 91 strikeouts in the year. Kaner with 59. And Ryan Hawks with 57. Um, I, I think, you know, Louisville, that's a, that's a team, I think, really, that's a, that's a park uh, they play at that really benefits them as the home team. Uh, I think they have the most, uh, probably the most complete squad there going up against, comparatively, teams like Southeast Missouri State, Oregon, and Michigan. So give me the Cardinal there to face up. Uh, face up, by the way, with the you know, I, either Allen College Station or, uh, or Fort Worth uh, for a super regional, depending on how that College Station regional turns out. Moving on then to the Coral Gables <coughs> regional. <coughs> so uh, I've got I've got Miami coming out of uh, of that regional. I think that they you know they've they've just played really well all year. They really kind of tying things up back again uh, at the end of the year here uh, to be the number six overall national seed. And then the other side of the bracket, you've got the Southern Miss Golden Eagles and the Hattiesburg regional hosting number eleven overall national seed we got Army on their side of the bracket. LSU and Kennesaw State is the two and three seeds on the other side of the bracket. Uh, I, uh, I, really like, um, I really like Southern Miss here hosting. I think, uh, yeah, they get out of this regional easily. Um, Dustin Dickerson, 340 batting average. Uh, Rodrigo Montenegro, uh, 314 batting average. Christopher Sargent has 20 home runs. Will McGillis with 15 home runs. Carson Pato with, uh, with 13 Dustin Dickerson has six stolen bases on the year. McGillis with, uh, with six. Pato with four. And then Slade Wilkes with four stolen bases. Uh, pitching really is what uh, what carries this team. I've got a very strong, um, strong bunch pitching-wise. Um, Hunter Riggins with eight wins on the year. Tanner Hall, eight wins. Hurston Waldrip with six wins. Tanner Hall is a 269 ERA. Hunter Riggins with a 275 ERA. And Waldrip with a 299 ERA. Hall has 130 strikeouts on the year. Waldrip with 117 strikeouts. Uh, I like this on the miss group. I think they're going to um, I I think, you know, you've got, you got a strong offensive team like LSU coming in, but LSU definitely comparatively doesn't have the pitching and uh, in college baseball, the pitching really can, uh, can get you there. So uh, I think that's the advantage for Southern Miss uh, coming down ultimately to a final uh, there in that regional. Um. Moving on then to the Stillwater Regional, the number seven overall national seed, the Oklahoma State Cowboys hosting a regional for the first time at that beautiful O'Brate Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, Man, this is a tough one. We've got the uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys uh, against the Missouri State Bears, uh, one versus four uh, on that side of the brackets, and then two versus three, Arkansas, the Razorbacks going up against Grand Canyon. Uh, Arkansas did not have a strong finish at all to the regular season. And ultimately in the sec tournament Grand canyon uh does not play in their uh does not play in their conference uh final there ultimately uh so just a very surprising kind of like you know they, they tumbled down quite a bit um in terms of where they could have been seeding wise in the tournament just kind of getting in uh getting in as one of the last four teams in, i believe um but Grand canyon is also still a very tough team uh Top 50 RPI swept uh, swept our Red Raiders uh, during the regular season in the midweek series. Uh, they play really good ball, and that's going to be a tough regional. But I like Oklahoma State, uh, what they bring to the table overall. I talked about these guys: Jake, who Rakes Thompson with 3.49 batting average, Jack, Zach Earhart 3.35, John Bay with a 3.24, Kanan Brumbaugh with 3.18, uh, Nolan McLean 14 home runs, Jake Thompson 14 home runs uh, Griffin Dorshing, uh, his Dorsh bombs, 13 of those on the year for him. Earhart is 17 stolen bases. Ken Trinkle with nine Houston Morrill with seven pitching wise. Uh, what this team has uh, brought to the table, uh, their ace, Justin Campbell, uh, guys about to be a big leaguer, uh, nine home, uh, nine wins, excuse me, credited him in, in years a starter. Uh, Roman Fansalker has been a great, uh, been a great man in relief for him. Uh, well, Bryce Osmond, uh, for wins credit to him as a starter, Justin Campbell, 344 ERA, Bryce Osmond, at the four seventy five. Uh, yeah, they, they, this team will walk some guys at times, but they're really good at getting, uh, getting guys out. Ultimately, uh, Justin Campbell, one, 133 strikeouts on the year. That's ridiculous. Bryce Osmond, 77, Trevor Martin was 62 strikeouts. Um, I, I just love overall, uh, how that Oklahoma state team uh, is playing at this point of the year. Um, and so I can see them very much getting out of uh, their own regional and then putting themselves in position to host supers. Uh, and then in the chapel Hill regional on the other side of the bracket, the number 10 overall seated North Carolina Tar Heels uh, going up against Hofstra on the opposite side of their uh, uh, four seed on that uh, side of the bracket. On The opposite side of the bracket, you've got the Georgia Bulldogs two seed against the VCU Rams three seated. Um, yeah, give me North Carolina to come out of uh, out of that regional. I think that's just a very favorable um, one for uh, for the Tar Heels, especially how they're playing at this point of the year, the uh, just the momentum that they have. And then ending it here, got the uh, Greenville Regional, the number eight overall seeded East Carolina Pirates. Um, just an amazing run that they went on the second half of the year after a really rough start. Uh, going to be uh, going up against Coppin State, the four seed on the opposite side uh, on uh, on that side of the bracket. Uh, on the opposite side of the bracket, you've got two seed of Virginia and three seed Coastal Carolina going up against each other. Um, what does East Carolina bring into the table? Uh, Lane Hoover with a three three fifty four batting average. Jacob Jenkins Cowart with three twenty seven batting average. Zach Agnos with three twenty four batting average. Uh, these guys have got some power as well too. Bryson Warell. Uh, with uh, 14 home runs on the year. Uh, Jenkins Coward with 12 home runs. Uh, Alec Makarovic with, uh, with 9 home runs on the year. Lane Hoover, 12 stolen bases for him. Bryson Worrell, 9 stolen bases. Zach Agnes, 7 stolen bases for him. Pitching-wise, these guys can get it done as well. Uh, car Spivy, 7 wins. accredited to him. Garrett Saylor, 6 wins. Uh, Spivy with a 242 ERA. CJ Mayhew with a 290 ERA. Sailor has 96 strikeouts in the year. Spivy with 68 strikeouts. And Mayhew with 64. Uh, Yeah, give me East Carolina coming out of that that regional. And then on the opposite side there, you've got the Texas Longhorns, the number nine overall uh, national seed, playing themselves in the hosting with a very strong performance in that Big 12 tournament runner-up there. And uh, they'll have uh, they'll have Air Force, the Falcons, uh, it's the four seed on that side. They're going up against on that side of the brackets, then the two and three seed Louisiana Tech uh, Bulldogs against the Dallas Baptist Patriots. Uh, you know, I I've got a Louisiana Tech. Uh, I think on upsetting Texas here in the Austin regional. I uh, I think still I think just there's more. Texas just doesn't quite have the the consistency offensive wise, and the uh, the relief pitching, uh, I think to get them uh, through that bracket. I've got Louisiana Tech ultimately winning that and making for a really interesting uh, super regional there in Greenville against the Pirates and the Bulldogs. So with the uh, there there were some some notable teams that got left out here um, out of the tournament. Uh, that the most notable of all of them being the uh the NC State Wolfpack, who uh had a strong had a pretty decent end to the regular season. And the Wolfpack were number 32 overall in the RPI, finishing uh you know, going here into uh selection day 36 and 21. Um what, though had just had a 181 ranked Uh, strength of schedule overall in the country um and they miss out like they were the runner-up in the uh the the conference tournament final there against north carolina and just a very very odd situation them being left out i mean as aaron fitz from d1 called it earlier on this uh, ultimate reaction like it was like a guillotine coming out of nowhere here Um, and I absolutely think that the Wolfpack 100% got screwed over for it. Um, it's a long story as to, uh, what the committee chair, uh, was talk, who was talking about earlier on the show, but I think it just came from like the whole body of work that they looked at, just, uh, put them on the wrong side of things there. But I, I don't agree with that. I think North Carolina state, uh, was playing as well as any team in the country by the ends there. Um, and, uh, and, you know, somebody like Tommy White uh, and Tommy Tanks himself, who was really kind of the star for that program. just like a big brand name that you bring into the NCAA tournament wherever that team goes. Just, it's a shame to leave them out. Uh, I think it was unfortunate. Uh, team like West Virginia being left out, really disappointing to see that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You've got yeah, Houston just barely missing it. Uh, Wafford being left out. Yeah, some, some tough, some tough, tough decisions that were made here. Rutgers as well. Rutgers, I feel like should have been a lock just the way that they played from beginning to end. I don't I don't agree with them being left out to, that, with that situation where Michigan was a, basically a bid stealer with winning the tournament. Yeah, unfortunate all around there. Um, when it comes to my predictions here, for the Omaha Eight, my predictions are as it stands. And next week, I will have this updated again, uh, obviously based on how regionals turn out and what it looks like going into super regionals. But my Omaha Eight predictions as it stands right now are the following uh, I've got Tennessee, UC Santa Barbara, Oregon State, Gonzaga, Louisville, Southern Miss, Oklahoma State, and East Carolina. Um, yeah, so like I said, I don't see anybody being Tennessee at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Um, love the my I've got I love the feeling of my uh, my Red Raiders going in there into the Super Regionals again uh, for the second year uh, in a row. Um, however, I don't see them getting past Tennessee. If I can, know uh, Tech and in Tennessee, you know they there might be a lot of lining up with the scoreboard back and forth and might short circuit at some point with the, all the runs being put on the board. But I like Tennessee to be able to get out of uh, their own regional and uh, they're playing with house money right now to to be able to win it all. Uh, if, it's ten- if We're thinking Tennessee versus the field. That's another story. We can discuss that later on. But in terms of getting to get Omaha right now, give me Tennessee. Uh, UC Santa Barbara, like I talked about, um, I, uh, I see them winning that regional at Stanford there as an upset. Uh, give me Maryland against UC Santa Barbara. What uh, I think ultimately that means that uh, Maryland, I believe, would then be hosting for Supers as well. But I could see UC Santa Barbara just ru- just barely ruining a uh, um, a, uh, a Cinderella story for uh, for Maryland there um, for for supers yeah once again don't see anybody going into Corvallis being um, Oregon State playing as well as anybody right now Oregon State going to uh, going to Omaha for my picks right now um, Gonzaga uh, ultimately that would probably have them hosting Oklahoma based on what we talked about earlier there in the supers and uh, Oklahoma's dream season, I think will will come just short there, uh, to, uh, Gonzaga having, um, just a little bit better overall staff that they're working with. Um, so Gonzaga, my fourth pick there, Louisville, I've got, uh, what, whether they go into, uh, into college station or Fort worth, uh, for a super, I have Louisville, um, Louisville getting the job done this year and going back to Omaha. Southern Miss, Southern Miss gets to Omaha this year. I think that they can go into Miami and be an upset team there. Supers, um, Oklahoma State. They are. Uh, I think you know, no matter out of that Chapel Hill regional, whoever they they ultimately end up hosting, I could see. Uh, I could see Stillwater. Yeah, I could see Oklahoma State as being being an Omaha team. Pick them earlier in the year. Picking them again. Then East Carolina I believe was also one of my Omaha picks from earlier in the year also gets uh, uh, also gets the nod here uh, in that Greenville region uh, in that super regional when that comes around based on what I'm projecting right now. Uh, I believe they got against the Bulldogs I believe they get the job done. Um, so I'll, I'll have that update again next week. Uh, hopefully Boone will be back with me to talk about it then as well once we see things uh, as it gets into uh, into supers at that point. But yeah, so it's been the you know when we look at team just circling back one more time, when we look at teams that did not make it. Um the committee this year for college baseball here selecting the field of 64 for regionals really seemed to put a premium both on RPI and strength of schedule. And When it comes to that with the entire body of work, on the side of look at the entire body of work, they really also put a premium on series wins as well. Um, So, you know, looking at these teams that had great conference records, but, you know, finished out the year weaker in terms of some notable series loss at the end of the year and having more questionable RPIs and streaks of schedules, that put them on the wrong side of the bracket uh unfortunately so it's and what and so rpi for those that don't follow college sports a whole lot that is rating percentage index and uh and basically yeah it looks at a uh here just pulling this straight from wikipedia you know wikipedia being the uh the great uh <laughs> incredibly reliable sources that that's sarcasm there um but you know it could be good for uh, referencing some things, especially you knowing the context of it. And the Wikipedia definition gets it right here. So, the rating percentage index, commonly known as the RPI, is a quantity used to rank sports teams based on a team's wins and losses and its strength of schedule. Um, so, the, the RPI was just all over the place this year. That's what it came down to with all this controversy with the RPI and seating and how the committee viewed things, uh, teams of who's in and who's out and where they went, who's hosting, and whatnot in the tournament this year and in a lot of years past the it's really we kind of scream from the rooftops it's like hey the the rpi is a tool but a tool doesn't always get the entire job done you've got to have know-how within like the context of what you're working with um you know i could have a hammer i could have screws i could have nails i could have um i could have uh i could have a monkey wrench i could have all these uh, you know things that uh that are uh, in my arsenal here when, when I'm working on a project. Um, but if I don't know how to actually do the project itself, um, those tools really don't get me anywhere. Um, in a very loose analogy, it's the same way when it comes to RPI in college sports. Uh, it, it's like a catch-22 here of look, saying you're about the entire body of work, but not at the same time not fully contextualizing the body of work as a whole in terms of what happened in college baseball this year. Um, So yeah, just like a a commonality of what, where the RPI issues, strength of schedule issues came in. It's just like a very, you just saw a year of some teams that, uh, that we expected to do very well, did not do well at all. And then some teams uh, that, you know, we didn't exactly expect to do well, uh ended up doing very well at the end of the year including some bid stealers in the conference tournaments that knocked teams that were on a certain side of the bubble on the wrong side ultimately be left out of regionals this year and it's unfortunate that uh that happened that way um but yeah the, the the ncaa committee didn't i think fully always like see that and weigh that um accordingly here and, uh, especially in context of, you know, seeing a lot of teams that, in regards to those teams, you know, we didn't expect that did real to do real well, that did well. And the teams that we expected to be much better than they were just having not great seasons. That never leave a lot of those teams meet up at different times of the year. And so that puts things, uh, for better or for worse, um, in terms of what sometimes is in your control, sometimes is not in your control, especially in terms of non-conference scheduling. Um, against each other and inevitably that's factors into what these metrics come out to for how these team schedules are seen. And then also the number of midweek wins and midweek losses. That is that you saw just that were really a commonality of, yeah, higher ranked teams uh, dropping midweek games to lower ranked, if not ranked teams altogether, a lot of mid-major teams coming in and spoiling the party um, for, uh, for these midweek games um, versus major teams and ranked teams there. Um, so you just had a lot of teams that, you know, were right up against each other in terms of total win-wise. Um uh, there in the uh, uh in the country. And then but then little things separated the RPI there. So yeah, number one like number one overall RPI, Tennessee, 38. Uh, strongest strength of schedule, but the non-conference strength of schedule was only 210 there. 10th uh, there. But, you know, there was never a question with Tennessee because they went to 25 and five in the SEC this year. Um, and then we're 53 and seven overall in the entire country. Uh, Oregon state, the Beavers, uh, you know, right there at number two, 44 and 15, 13th strengths of schedule. And then 15th non-conference strength of schedule. Uh, number one, non-conference RPI um, in the country. Um, but yeah, just it, I'm, I'm kind of rambling on here. I'm, you know, I'm pulling the top two teams who are firmly in there. Uh, but yeah, I'll go, do yourself a favor. Um, Google Warren Nolan, Warren Nolan, uh, baseball 2022 RPI. Take a look at that list. Kind of like if you're a, if you're a stats head, a, a numbers person, you just take a look through there. Um, even if not, give it a shot. See kind of like what we're talking about here with an RPI and how some of uh just step work down in just like a very convoluted manner. Um, and for, and fortunately you've heard some teams and kind of made for some questionable des- decisions seating wise here um, in the tournament this year. It's just, it's unfortunate. It's hopefully some changes are made to better understand and contextualize an entire body of work and like what team, what was in control and not in control for teams uh, going into the next college baseball season. I feel like there was just a lot of stuff that was exposed with it this year. Um, well, friends, that's really all I've got to talk about here with, uh, with college baseball this week. Um, yeah, don't want to take too much of y'all's time. I want to go and get on uh, with the day here. i let y'all get back to it, enjoying uh, your Memorial Day off, whatever else you've got going on in life. Boom, and I will be back on the uh, stream tomorrow night talking about Major League Baseball as we normally do, uh, giving you a recap for the previous week there. We've got a really cool interview coming up on Wednesday night. We'll, uh, we will uh, preview that a little bit later on and kind of leave that as a surprise until it rolls around. Uh, you've got a couple more chances to hang with us, uh, more chances here to download our, uh, our show for the coming week, uh, for this week. And uh, we will see y'all um, again very soon before we peace out here uh, for the day, just, uh, asking you all to do some things here as we're wrapping up the show. Uh, first and foremost, go ahead and subscribe to no Doubter wherever you get your podcasts If you're not already, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, really ultimately wherever you can find podcasts, no Doubter is there. We don't want you to miss out on any episodes. That also includes our YouTube channel as well. If you go to YouTube and search no Doubter podcast, you'll see us there as well. Uh, YouTube being one of the channels that helps us bring this show in, uh, in live stream video form. Now, um, I know you don't, uh, you don't come for boomin eyes, beautiful faces, but, uh, but you know, we, uh, we give it to you anyways here with it. So it's a, it's a perk. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a deterrent. However, which way you view us, uh, we've, we've got this option here with the video, uh, function and we'd love to have you subscribe there. So you can, uh, you can be able to catch us on YouTube as well. Uh, go in and give us a, a review. Let us know how you've enjoyed the show to this point. Like us on Facebook. Make sure you're following us uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Both at No Doubter Pod, Boom and myself are also on Twitter at Boom Ball stick 21 and at Travis Lawfully, respectively. Love to have you following us wherever uh, uh, wherever you are, um, so that way you don't miss out on anything that's going on No Daughter and in, uh, in our takes on all things baseball. Join our Patreon. Take a look at that. We've revamped some of our uh, levels that we have uh, in there. Got the uh, got the prospect, rookie, veteran, and legend tiers all with different uh, things that are included in them. We would love to start building a uh, a no-doubter community there. Uh, we want to give a couple of shout-outs to people who have been uh, been part of our no-doubter here in these uh, in this first year of the podcast. That includes our longest-standing patron, Mr. Tad Bostic, and our Patreon producer, Mr. Don Hale. Uh, when you're part of our Patreon community, you get shout-outs for uh, being part of making the show possible. Um, so yeah, you want to be shouted out um and it's, uh, on a regular basis, you join Patreon and it's a really cool perk that comes within. It's not the only perk. We've got multiple perks that are part of it. Uh, but you can take a look at all that. Um, take a look at our merch store. We've got t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, baseball shirts, uh crew neck sweatshirts, phone cases, many more items that our partner at T Public has put together there. Um, really soft, comfortable shirts. Uh, I believe they're canvas shirts, so uh, you know, it doesn't feel like you're wearing a, uh, a cardboard box on your body. have done a great job of putting our merch store together. We'd love for you to check it out. Help us uh, recoup some costs. You'll see all the important links for what I just talked about in the description below. Uh, we thank you all for joining us on another great episode of No Doubter. As always, with all that you're doing in your life... Um, in the spirit of, uh, of regionals coming up here for the college baseball season, and uh, and what these guys uh, that are all, from all 64 teams that are going to be out on the field are aiming to do all the time, bet 400 and always swing for the fences. We love you all. We'll see you all again tomorrow night for major league baseball coverage. I'm back here again next week for college baseball coverage. Take care, friends. This episode of No Data was produced by. Eric Bostick and Travis Laughlin and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Zilblik.